Well, good morning, or good evening, or whatever time you're listening to this. I'm Peter Mogan. I've had the opportunity in the past to address you as moderator, sometime as a member of the lead team, but right now, I, for the purpose of this, I just want to be a member of Artisan, a fellow human being. And uh, I've had the privilege in the next few minutes to be able to reflect on all that has happened in the last week in my life and in the world around me to be able to share that with you. Uh, indeed, I've been journaling my own journey of my thoughts and my emotions and even uh, some glimpses of the divine. Let me just give you a little bit of context in my own life. Uh, I'm at an age and stage where I've been trying to save for a time when my income will be greatly reduced or maybe be non-existent at all. And, and so as this, the events of this last week unfolded, I think last week I would say that things seemed to be a bit surreal, like everything looked the same, but but it wasn't because there was this silent little virus out there that was causing us all to act and think differently. And by Monday, uh, when I started work, I saw markets tumbling. I saw clients, every client I talked to all of a sudden was in deep trouble, deeply worried, deeply disturbed. The work of our law firm uh, we work with businesses that are buying or selling, and most of them all of a sudden hit the pause button. And so our work was drying up. And quite frankly, our firm was looking like it was going to be experiencing uh, quite a long season of drought. So for me, I found myself quite gripped with, with fear uh, and trying to think my way out of this, but in reality, uh, there was no success that I was disheartened and confused and came almost to a place of being frozen. So that evening when I went home, tail between my legs, I, I started a journal and it hit me. Where, where is my trust? Where am I finding my security? Is it in things financial? Is it in income, bank accounts, or is it in God? And what's the truth I'm living? What story am I living? And I, I felt deeply, deeply convicted and had to confess that um, I, was, I was not living the truth I claimed. And I think I experienced grace. the grace of God for just being willing to admit that. And then I started to f reflect more on what is real versus what is seen. I, I love that uh, movie many, many years ago, the first Matrix that came out, because it showed so well that there were two realities going on at the same time. And most of the people were living in the reality that could be perceived by 
sight and sound and touch and those things. And yet there was another reality uh, into which the hero of the story, Neo, gets invited. And Jesus goes on and on about this mysterious kingdom of God that you don't see, but it's happening. And we're invited into that story. So next morning, Tuesday, I wake up and something shifted in me. Uh, I think it was a gift of the spirit, lifted my head, lifted my spirits. And I started to look around outside of me. And what I saw were hurting people and scared people and confused people. And so I started to reach out and just called people and asked how they were doing. I had lots of phone calls and emails and Zoom meetings. And what I found were endless opportunities to love people. And the th crazy thing was I I'd been there uh, just the day before. I, I really got it. I could empathize. And it struck me that God was redeeming even my lack of faith to allow me to empathize. And so today, Wednesday, when I'm uh, recording this, uh, I'm lifting my head up again and seeing beyond to, to see my peeps, my community, my church, and even the global church. And I'm seeing that we have an incredible calling right now. The whole world is turned upside down. People are socially isolated. The economy is slowed way down. There's financial uncertainty. There's a fear uh, of a highly contagious disease that hospitalizes some and takes some lives. And ultimately the fear is that we'll have more people who need hospitalization than we have beds for. And then we look out to places that are most vulnerable like slums or uh, refugee camps and, well, the, the result could be quite horrific. And today the world needs hope and it needs compassion and it needs to know of a different story. And so it occurs to me that probably never before in my life have I seen such a need for the church just to incarnate the faith and hope and love of the gospel. And so in these few moments that remain, I just want to remind you and remind me of the hope we cling to. Um, I love the eighth chapter of Romans because it's a chapter of hope. And, and so just let me share a couple of things from there. Um, we have hope because we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we have hope together because the spirit we receive does not make us slaves so that we live in fear again. Rather, the spirit we received brought about our adoption as heirs. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we might also share in his glory. And we have hope because Paul tells us that he's convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, and might I say, including COVID and, and global recessions, 
Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me end uh, with a poem that two different friends sent to me uh, separately from a poet by the name of Lynn Ungar, and she wrote this just a few days ago, called Pandemic. Pandemic, what if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? Cease from travel, cease from buying and selling, give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those whom, to whom you commit your life. Center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. Thank you, my friends. Look forward to seeing you.